Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 177 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Chilly Willie. Oh, it's getting there, huh? Horrible, horrible this week, man. It is brutal out there. Horrible. Horrible. I have to put a little emphasis on it. That's, That's how, how bad you it can is. tell it's been a mild winter because it is legit not been horrible, but. As soon as it's a little chilly, we're just like, oh no, it's horrible. See, a little chilly is like 10, 15. When we're dipping down below the zeros for a couple of days like we're doing. I actually have plans Saturday to go on this tree ID walk. And I just looked and saw that it's going to be five degrees and I am 100% canceling. Oh my God. I, <laughs> I cannot do that. Yeah, you can't go in the woods like that. That's and just literally walking, how you die. like slow walking. I'm like, I'll just die. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally how you die. Like that. there's not even a, that's the definition in the everybody's, book of. Everybody's going to be falling off there. If you, if you opened up a page in the book of death like there's a page on oh, walking in the woods in the cold there it is right there <laughs> um yeah so crazy kind of weeks and months happening a lot of news a lot of lawsuits <laughs> i mean you hear about first of all the january 6th stuff pretty much every day mm-hmm. there's something about that um the ahmed Aubrey case was huge those dudes just got sentences that um Police officer in Minnesota who um, thought she had a taser and then shot that oh, kid. That, that just right. happened. The that other day. just happened. The Elizabeth Holmes case. Oh, Theranos. Yeah, that happened. Oh, she was found guilty. Uh, Gis- Giselle, whatever, Gisani, the lady with oh, uh, Epstein, lady. Like, that's another one. That. That's another Can't one. Mind. So, like, yeah, just a just a lot of that happening, and they. I mean, they're on the news because they make for such good stories. Because you can't have a good story without drama and conflict and high stakes. It's oh, why no. we love this stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's what makes the courtroom drama such a staple of movies and such. People love watching this stuff unfold in real time. Yes, you're right. It's the perfect location to achieve all of those elements. Um, Especially when a bunch of them in movies are not exactly how things work in real life. So you get that heightened sense. Oh, my gosh. You watch courtroom dramas in movies and then you watch them on court TV and you're like, snooze fest. (laughs) Probably a couple of the ones we have today. You're just kind of like, in what universe could you possibly get away with something like that? But it's it's fantastic. It's interesting because courtroom dramas, I mean, they lack all of the the kind of violence and explosions that usually keep us like mm-hmm. glued to the screen, but they make up for it with dialogue and drama. Um, and I have to say that creating a f- good film that's dialogue based is not an easy feat. Oh no, 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 there no, are no. a lot of really dumb scripts out there. Oh, I think the majority of the scripts are dumb. There was a <laughs> Jason Lee movie called stealing Harvard that was on HBO yesterday. Now you want to talk about a dumb movie. There I'm you sure go. you liked it though, right? Oh, I hated it. Too. Okay. Tom Tom Green is the co-star, so I was just like, oh my oh. no, that is really terrible. But <laughs> Law and Order for sure is a huge part of life, for better or worse. I I like to think that justice is the fabric of our society, and without it, we couldn't function. Sometimes it looks a little suspect, but we're all, we're trying. We're we're trying. We're, we're trying here. We're trying to get there. And throughout the years. Hollywood has for sure produced several films that are based around lawyers and judges and courtrooms. Um, And you just you don't have to be a lawyer to appreciate 
good courtroom drama. No, I mean, you know, it, it probably actually is better then because you can enjoy it a little bit more because you don't have to look at it all day. That's really true. And they're always in the movies. They're always really exciting because it's like high stakes. Mm-hmm. They're not bringing like the boring little ones. Aaron Sorkin's getting a hold of these things. Yeah. And then, you know, like he's putting out the trial of the Chicago 7. Like that was a really exciting courtroom drama. Yeah, there's a lot of pitter patter going on in that movie. A lot of like shocking moments that actually happened. So. Well, that's just it. I think the best ones are the ones that are based on true stories that have actually shaped our society. And they're telling the story of like, you know, brave people who are fighting for justice in one way or another. They justice may not always prevail. No, I would like to say, but you know, it's up to kind of the lawyers and the judges to use the law. And I do think that we actually learn more about law from movies than in any other way. Because I mean, I'm not picking up a law book. Oh no! I mean, how many people you got like? Plead the fifth. Why do people know what that is? It's because they see it in movies all the time. So they're like, okay, that seems like a leg- if it's in the movies, yeah. they wouldn't put it in the movies if it wasn't no, true. So. I mean, it's on Law and Order at least five times. So. Yeah, it must be. So yeah, with everything in the news that just got us thinking about lawyers, and we thought of uh, some of the best lawyers depicted in movies. Yeah, kind of maybe breathe new life into the jury room. Some, some folks who actually know what they're doing. They actually got some good actors playing them. It's entertaining movies. It's it's, a, it's all good. It sounds great. I am excited about it. I also just want to do a little shout out to uh, a listener who works at the library who's retiring. So I just want to say goodbye to Maureen. Oh, Maureen's retiring. Oh, I know. Right. That stinks. It stinks because she's that person that when you have a question that you're like, I don't know how to answer this like at all. And it's the only person that you're like, you know what? I'll ask Maureen. Yeah, I know. I know she knows what's going <laughs> Either on. Either she knows what's going on, or you're going to stress her out because she knows she's going to go find the answer. But either way, it's going to be a, a huge loss, and I'm bummed. Oh, that does stink. Well, have fun in retirement, Maureen. Go, you know, go enjoy enjoy your like the fruits of all your labor and stuff. I and think she will. She's an enjoying the fruits of labor type of person. She won't be back working. A part-time job somewhere. No. I'm always like, oh my gosh, you retired like two months ago and you're working. I, that's, I don't understand. Yeah. Go frolic. Oh, I'm gonna be a frolicker and a half when I retire. It always baffles me too when I see people come full back. frolic. Yep. I will be in my body will only know in skip mode. I <laughs> might even break into a prance pre um, frolic. Oh, so I don't know. We'll see. And frolicking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a bit much. Holy cow! I can't wait to see it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe she'll have a second career and just going to be a lawyer what do you think maureen law school in the future you might after this episode so let's get into it all right let's do it the first one i have to start with probably everyone's favorite funniest lawyer um vincent gambini from my cousin Vinny. such a good movie it was i just had it on the other day and was enjoying it oh i haven't seen it in a while and i definitely need to my cousin Vinny is like the perfect example of how a lawyer film can just turn into a comedy he, oh, yeah. He is wonderful. Joe Pesci plays Vinny. He's an inexperienced, unconventional attorney from New York who helps his cousin Bill, played by Ralph Macchio. Who still looks exactly the same in this as he does now. Correct. Um, after he's wrongly convicted for a murder. So Vinny, he doesn't really fit in very well. 
in a small southern town. Um, he's constantly being reprimanded by the judge, which I love their relationship. And then, of course, Marissa Tomei is in this. She went on to win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, which is contested sometimes. But then when I see clips, I'm like, she's actually fantastic. She's very good in this movie. And she's I'm one gonna, of the, I'm going to accept it. And for a role that could definitely have just been a throwaway. Like she definitely you could tell she's in this movie. Like she makes a big impression. Watching. She definitely does. So I have a clip. Um because who the heck doesn't want to listen to a clip of Joe Pesci as a lawyer? Honestly, I could have played the whole movie, and I feel like listeners would have been like, I'm very happy with this. Believe, believe it or not, she actually found a clip with no swearing in it, so that's that's impressive if you get through that movie with none of that. He's like, these two utes, utes. over here, these utes, okay. <laughs> Is it possible the two defendants entered the store, picked 22 specific items off of the shelves... Had the clerk take money, make change, then leave. Then two different men drive up in a similar... Don't shake your head. I'm not done yet. Wait till you hear the whole thing so you can understand this now. Two different men drive up in a similar-looking car, go in, shoot the clerk, rob him, and then leave? No. They didn't have enough time. Well, how much time was they in the store? Five minutes. Five minutes? Are you sure? Did you look at your watch? No. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You testified earlier that the boys went into the store and you had just begun to make breakfast. You were just ready to eat and you heard a gunshot. That's right, I'm sorry. So obviously it takes you five minutes to make breakfast. That's right. Right, so you knew that. Uh, Do you remember what you had? Eggs and grits. Eggs and grits. I like grits too. How do you cook your grits? You like them regular, creamy, or al dente? Just regular, I guess. Regular. Instinct grits? No self-respecting Southerner uses instinct grits. I take pride in my grits. So, Mr. Tipton, how could it take you five minutes to cook your grits when it takes the entire grit-eating world 20 minutes? I don't know. I'm a fast cook, I guess. I'm sorry, I was all the way over here. I couldn't hear you. Did you say you're a fast cook? That's it? Are we to believe that boiling water soaks into a grit faster in your kitchen than on any place on the face of the earth? I don't know. Well, perhaps the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove. Were these magic grits? I mean, did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beans? Uh, objection, Your Honor. Objection sustained. Are you Mr. sure about Tipton, that five minutes? Ignore the question. Know. Are you sure about that five minutes? I don't know. I think you made your point. Are you sure about that five minutes? I may have been mistaken. I got no more use for this guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Such, such, so good, dude. So it's good. so much better than um, I'm done with this witness. Got no more use for this guy. This guy, <laughs> get him out. I'm done with him. Get him out of here. So, yeah, my cousin Vinny, maybe you've seen it, but you're definitely due for a rewatch. That I am sure of. Oh, so, so, 
man. Yeah, it's it's so good. Just go uh, check it out, everybody. Okay, give us another good lawyer. All right, you talk. You want to talk about somebody with some legal troubles? Let's talk about Ghost of Mississippi from 1996, the Rob Reiner directed court drama about the uh, trial 30 some years later of the murder of um, Megger Evers. Intense film. So very good movie uh, up and down the board, but we got to talk about it because it stars Alec Baldwin, who's having a little bit of troubles of his own these days. You know, with the whole shooting that happened on the set of the movie Rust and sure. him maybe having involved with it. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, the real crime in this movie in regards to him is the southern accent that he is trying to affect. <laughs> we got Alec Baldwin trying to do a Mississippi accent, people. It's so, tough, though. Yeah. It's tough. Hang on to your hats when that bad boy comes in. But uh, even though he's kind of like a human trash pile in real life... <laughs> James Woods is also in this movie, and he is actually very good. He's playing the bad guy, so, you know, they pick that right, of Byron De La Beckwith, uh, the murderer of Medgar Evers, who kind of got away with it because of racism and general apathy of the police at kinda? the time. Yeah. So the movie centers around the um, assassination of Medgar Evers, who was a civil rights leader in the 60s, who was shot in the back outside of his house by a sniper. Even though they arrested uh, Byron De La Beckwith at the time, he got away with it because it's Mississippi in the 60s. And eventually, his idealistic DA down there decides, hey, I'm going to take up this case after his wife, um, wife played by Whoopi Goldberg, um, appeals to him and tells him it's an important case to take up. He starts looking at it in context of his own children, how he would feel about that, and decides something's got to change if, you know, Mississippi's ever going to move forward. It's such a good movie. The performances performances in it are fantastic. Mm-hmm. James Woods actually did get an um, Academy Award nomination for oh, this movie. Oh, did he? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. He he got okay. all the way with this one. That's the year he lost to uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. at the Oscars. So oh. it was like a two-man race, and um, Cuba got it. So good for him. Um, it's a period piece. It's an actual true story. Um, so you know what actually has some weight behind it? Just all around, just a fantastic movie. It, yeah. You're reminded of like when they just made these courtroom story dramas, you know, all the time. They don't make them as much anymore. So No, and I love them all. And it's also good to see Alec Baldwin, you know, actually being good in something. Because I feel like now he's kind of a parody of himself at times. It's just good to see him when Maybe, he's like Maybe I think that's it. just a thing that happens when you get too famous yeah. and like you're, people see you so much it becomes harder to separate you for sure it's why people like ed norton never did interviews because they were like i don't want people to see me as anything i mm. only want them to see me as the character so i mean it's tough yeah. it's tough but that's a great film check it out um okay so this next one is this is lawyer light Lawyer, okay. Lawyer good. light. We're taking because a little she's not totally a lawyer, but we're talking about Ms. Aaron Brockovich from the film Aaron Brockovich. Oh, okay. That's a good movie. It's such a good movie. It is not surprising that Julie Roberts received an Oscar for her portrayal of the real Aaron Brockovich. Uh no, no, not not a surprise at all. We this all is... saw it coming and we were like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, it's her best movie, you know, objectively. She's very good in this movie. So. Yes, she really goes all out in it. Um, Steven Soderbergh directed this. This is a true story. Um, so like I said, Roberts is playing Aaron Brockovich. She, she's a single mom, and she's a paralegal turned legal crusader against this energy giant Pacific Gas and Electric because she reveals that the company has been illegally dumping highly toxic um hexavalent chromium in the local water source um which is really disgusting and continues happening all over but 
Albert Finney is in this. He also he is wonderful, grumpy lawyer man. Um, Albert Finney of the one of the best Hollywood voices for an actor out there. He's he really the- does. He's really great. Um, he's, he has this real lovable turn as her boss. And this is part of one of the largest civil lawsuits in U.S. history. And you really end up loving Erin Brockovich because she never gives up. And she has a lot of fun with kind of female stereotypes in the conservative legal world. Mm. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't care. She no. got some lip, and she's just so much on the side of people who can't access or afford justice to fight for themselves. So it's a great entertaining movie, but also Brockovich is such an important figure, um, and she's still fighting for people's rights to this day. Yeah, um, she's like it's like a real underdog story that is both inspirational and empowering. And I have a great clip of Julia Roberts. I love her. Every scene she's in, that's truly like scene stealing. She owns every scene that she's well, in. Well, she comes in this movie hot man. She's like, this is going to be my big chance here. If I can knock this out of the park, I know I'm going to get my yeah my award. And she, and she does it, and she's not fooling. Let's check it out. Let's be honest here. Twenty million dollars is more money than these people have ever dreamed of. Oh, see, now that pisses me off. First of all, since the demur, we have more than 400 plaintiffs in. Let's be honest, we all know there are more out there. They may not be the most sophisticated people, but they do know how to divide, and $20 million isn't when you split it between them. Second of all, these people don't dream about being rich. They dream about being able to watch their kids swim in a pool without worrying that they'll have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 20 like Rosa Diaz, a client of ours, or have their spine deteriorate like Stan Bloom, another client of ours. So before you come back here with another lame ass offer, I want you to think real hard about what your spine is worth, Mr. Walker, or what you might expect someone to pay you for your uterus, Miss Sanchez. Then you take out your calculator and you multiply that number by 100. Anything less than that is a waste of our time. By the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. Came from Well and Hinkley. <clears throat> I think this meeting's over. Damn right it is. I love I love here at the end where you get the uh, you know she did um, hit a, um, a note there when you got that stuffed shirt guy at the end. He's like, oh, what's over? Yeah. You can that hear woman like clearing picking up that glass of water and then being like, nope, I don't want to drink it because I know that my clients are polluting it. It's really gross. It gets really upsetting. Um, but all in all, excellent film. Check excellent. out that. All right. So I said do a different one. One that people definitely don't talk about. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 2010's The Conspirator. Have you ever seen this movie? I don't know. Remind me what it's about. So this is a directed by Robert Redford movie. Stars James Mm. McAvoy, Justin Wright, Justin Long, Evan Rachel Wood, Tom Wilkinson, Kevin Kline's in this. Wow. I don't think so. It's got a big old cast. So it is the story of Mary Surratt, one of the people who was, uh, you know, killed in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. So... What the movie covers is her lawyer at the time, like everybody hated everybody involved with the Lincoln assassination for obvious reasons. Anybody who had anything to do with it was getting arrested, rounded up and kind of just put on military tribunal without any kind of real representation. The idea being that we caught you, you guys are guilty no matter what. Mary Surratt's case was her house was where the conspirators would meet for their meetings. Like she rented out because her son was one of the people involved with it. Who actually was acquitted, believe it or not. Um, 
So the idea being that because the people were using her house, they just assumed she was in on it. So she's going to get the same thing. So they basically just set her up to be found guilty and murdered. And then James McAvoy, who is on the side of the, you know, army at the time, he's like, okay, she's a traitor. She needs to just be hung. He also kind of looks at it like this is a horrible um, breaking of justice where. Yes, we have to still follow these rules if this is going to work. Yeah, he's like, we can't put normal civilians in military trials because then the justice system doesn't work. If you could just have a workaround. He like it's a whole contradiction in the way justice works. So then it's him fighting against the system. It's like. Even if she had something to do with it, you can't just break the rules. You gotta just prove it. You you, gotta give them their rights. Even if you can't break the rules just because you don't like the person behind it. so That's very interesting. I don't know how I missed that movie. It's it's a little bit of a slow burn because it's a Robert Redford movie. It's a period piece, so that's probably why it didn't get a lot of play. But it's one that you just put it on. It's it's a good old dad afternoon movie. You put this this one on, you just sit back, and you just be like, I I like what's going on here. Okay. Like, I got questions about this. Um, but it's very good. Let's go check it out. James McAvoy, underrated actor, I feel like. He doesn't oh, get yeah, the I think respect he's fantastic. He I'm a big fan of his. Um, okay, next one, biggest lawyer movie of all time. Would have to mention it. Um, that would be To Kill a Mockingbird and our lawyer Atticus Finch. Of course. Of course. This uh, is the Robert Mulligan directed, uh, the adaptation of Harper Lee's very beloved novel, um, and Gregory Peck gives his career-defining performance as Atticus Finch. I think when people think of Gregory Peck, that's probably the first film that pops into their mind. Also, Gregory Peck, Atticus Finch. Huh? I love the wordplay. Finch is a bird, you see. Oh, and Peck? Uh-huh. Yeah, you get it? I mean, I, I get huh? it. Huh? I never thought of it because... <laughs> it's stupid lame. as all get out. Anyway, the film was made in 1962, and it tells the story of Finch as he defends an African-American man who was falsely accused of rape um, by a young white woman in Depression-era Alabama. And he's also kind of incorporating values into his children, really, as the case is going on and then when he's home in alternate scenes. Uh, this story is really just a complete case study of the morals and of civil rights. Um, it was... I mean, the book was huge. The film was huge. We're still reading it. We're still watching the films in schools. It was a complete landmark film that I like to think opened the world's eyes to the importance of fighting against racial prejudice. Um, but you still you, you're still seeing it so much. So that is very disappointing that it wasn't as effective as maybe we would have liked it to have been. Yeah, we would have liked it to have had a little bit more of an overall impact than it does. It's still a very good story, though. I mean, that's like the idealized lawyer in everybody's mind. Is well, yeah, because he doesn't like get too, you know, overpassionate and lose the jury. He's speaking in a way <clears throat> where he's like, I know how you feel. I mean, I live here, too. I understand. I'm just trying to very simply show you that you have to look at this as a person who, you know, is very clear didn't commit this crime. Yeah. You, you can't just have prejudice against it. Um, again, why it's a landmark film, very important. If somehow you missed it because you're like, eh, it's an old film, it's black and white, I'm not interested, I promise you it is worth your time. Yeah, that's I hear that all the time. People don't watch movies because they're black and white. I'm like, that's such a stupid reason not to enjoy a movie, especially yeah, the really you, good it ones. It really doesn't 
detract from it at all. If anything, it's kind of like an added bonus to it. Black and white still looks fantastic. Even 100 years later, a lot of those movies still look yeah. great. So Agree. Agree. Speaking of black and white movies to watch, okay. I got another one, too. Look at you. 1960s Inherit the Wind. Have you seen that classic from way back when? I don't think I have. Okay, so it stars Spencer Tracy as Henry Drummond and Frederick Marsh as uh, Matthew Harrison Brady. What this is, it's a movie adaptation of the Scopes Monkey Trial, um, which was the story of which was the story of John Scopes, who was put on trial for teaching evolution to his class. Right. So Correct. it gotcha. became a huge deal with uh, William Jennings Bryan, who was a Secretary of State, and Clarence Darrow, who was like the most famous um, attorney, the Johnny Cochran of his time. Um, both came into this case not because the guy could afford to um, do them, because they both felt on each side that this was a very important uh, mm-hmm. legal precedent. What's great about this movie is the two lawyers in this, as opposed to how they're usually portrayed in movies, whereas they look at them as rivals, they can't like the defense and the prosecution hate each other. They yeah. like, can't stand each other. These guys are actually friends uh, outside of which the makes sense because yeah. it's probably like a small community of lawyers where yeah. they are. Lawyers get along for the most part outside yeah. of the courtroom. So this one portrays like we're friends outside us. We get along. We've had dinner with each other's house, but on this issue, we are just so fundamentally opposed that we're just going to put all of our. Um, you know, talents going against each other to prove our point. Yeah. Even though one of us is going to be wrong and one of us can be right. The performances in this movie are fantastic. The plot and the subject matter are great as well. That monkey trial was one of the biggest ones had like far reaching effects even to this day. I'm so. writing it down. <laughs> I'm writing it down. I grab it from the library. Um, but yeah, inherit the wind, man. A great play. Excellent movie. They like remade it on TV a couple times, but you know, this is the, still the definitive version. Even what is it? 60. Oh boy. God, I'm not even doing that math. I'm going to depress myself. Yeah, forget it. I think that 1990 was 10 years ago, so yeah. it's fine. Don't <laughs> don't try to math it. What is it? 82. 82. Oh, my God. That's oh. a long... I oh. know. Don't. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, you can hear my heart breaking. <laughs> my soul is leaving my body as we speak. As it, I was oh. a little I was a little baby then, and I was not a little baby anymore. Okay. But, yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds fantastic. <sighs> um, okay, let's go to one definitely depressing, but excellent lawyering we have joe miller um from the film philadelphia oh of course yes this is jonathan demi's uh another landmark film that showcased the brutality of aids with tom hanks in the leading role and then the lawyer joe miller is played by denzel washington which another career-defining performance from Denzel in this one. Absolutely. This movie was inspired in part by the real-life case of Joffrey Bowers, and Hank gives his Oscar-winning performance as Andrew Beckett. He was an Ivy-educated lawyer whose employment is terminated when his law firm discovers that he has contracted AIDS. So Denzel Washington, as Joe Miller, gives... as. Jacob said a stellar performance as a personal injury lawyer who takes on Beckett's case and in doing so really comes to terms with his own homophobia. Mm-hmm. Like he does not want this case. Oh, no, absolutely. He not. doesn't want he's just like, mm, I don't really think you have a case because I think in his head he's like, I would want to fire you, too. Yeah. You, we don't know what's going on with that. You could infect the whole thing. Like, who knows what this disease is? We don't know. Is. We're all just it's a there's a lot of fear mongering around AIDS. This is really the first Main Street movie to tackle the AIDS crisis. And yeah, Andrew Beckett is also a lawyer and he's just not going to be bullied by bigots um, despite his health because he knows that he was a good lawyer and that him being fired was illegal 
it holds up very well in today's world, and I think that Philadelphia has kind of become a timeless classic. Oh, yeah. It's de- definitely one of the best movies of the 90s. Excellent performances. Definitely one to go check out. Yeah. Denzel really, he's great. He always has that line of like, explain it to me like I'm a two-year-old. <laughs> I love every time he does that. It's great because to- he's like, yeah, it really, stop like evading these answers. Explain exactly why you did these things, and it's just very effective. This is Denzel's mustache period, everyone. So oh, he looks good, though. Context, he so. looks pretty hot in that mustache. No yeah. complaints. Yeah, yeah. Denzel could work the mustache. It's a hard look to pull off, but he the definitely pulled it. The hard look is looking at poor Tom Hanks because he definitely looks like a man dying. Yeah. It's, it's very excruciating. Fantastic makeup work in that movie. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do a quick one here. Uh, 2017's Marshall, it's got a Buffalo connection. Um, it's a story of Thurgood Marshall, a case that he worked on about a, another one kind of like Kill a Mockingbird where a guy's accused of rape. Um, he's a black man accused by a white woman of committing rape. Uh, the movie was filmed here in Buffalo, so that's a nice connection. If you want to see a bunch of landmarks and stuff you're definitely going to recognize. Yeah. The performances are fantastic. It stars the late Chadwick Boseman as Thurgood Marshall, who, in case you did not know, eventually becomes the first African-American Supreme Court justice. Heck yeah. Um, it also has Josh Gag, Kate Hudson, and Dan Stevens in here. And, of course, because it's a movie in America post-1990, there's James Cromwell pops up from time to time, and he does in this movie as well. So. I like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, go check that one out, everybody. It's uh, You're going to enjoy Have a it's, good time. It's funny. We have, like, a ton more movies, so I think uh, another lawyer episode in the future. Oh, I yeah. I mean, there, Hollywood's never going to stop. We, we have no shortage of lawyerly stuff to talk about. I do have to mention a film that I just love so much and I always want people to watch and that's Primal Fear. Oh, it's a great movie. It's such a good movie. Richard Gere stars as attorney Martin Vale. This is like 1996 film. Mm-hmm. This is when they were like, we understand crime thrillers super well. We know we know how to make it, guys. We know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Martin Vale, he's the kind of lawyer. He loves the limelight. Um, and he achieves it by taking on really high profile cases and then getting the clients acquitted through technicalities. That's kind of his thing. So he sees news about Aaron Stampler's arrest. Aaron Stampler is played by Ed Norton, one of his best roles. Oh, probably his best performance. Probably. And so he takes the case on pro bono because he just wants the notoriety of it. Stampler is accused of brutally murdering a beloved archbishop. But um, Vale believes that Stampler is actually innocent. So he goes up against the prosecutor who is also his former lover, mm-hmm. played by Laura Linney, who, who I think you don't like. No, I like Laura Linney. Okay, it's uh, like Laura, Laura Dern I don't like. Right, the Laura. Yeah. I'm an Ozark guy. What can I say? What can I mean, I understand. <laughs> and then it's just a great courtroom scene because there's a lot of sparks flying as they're just battling it out. But then there are just some complications. Um that's one it gets way a to little, put it. It yeah. gets a little twisty. It gets a little wild. <laughs> it's such a good movie. It is one of those classic '90s films. I love Primal Fear. Anytime that pops on, I'm like, oh, 100%. I know what I'm doing today. Oh, it's yeah. It's a nice little. Let's put this movie on. Let's get to the. Let's get to what's going on here. Oh, see yeah. who's gonna randomly pop up. Like when Francis McDormand shows up you're for like, two minutes. You're thank like, thank oh. you very much. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? But yeah, that is great. Okay, we're totally out of time. Jacob, plug us up. So if you are looking for some twists and turns yourself you know where's a good place to go your local library we got 37 branches all throughout erie county stop on by if you want to check out some law books some law movies some law tv shows this is a place where you can get them all uh don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org 
uh, just check out what we have going on and all that stuff. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod and let us know what uh, your favorite lawyer movies are today. Yeah, we would we would appreciate that. Okay, Jacob, did you know that there are currently 1.34 million lawyers in the United States alone? Seems like a lot to me. But... Okay, so if you take the U.S. population and do some math, boop, 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 it means that there is roughly one lawyer for every 240 people in the country. Yeah, so. that seems a bit excessive, guys. I don't think, well, I hope, we actually, that we would need that level I mean, I of... think we do. Most public defenders have, like, way too many clients, and they spend, I was reading in some states, an average of six minutes mm. looking at each case. I don't want to get into that, but that, that, that is could be true. something. Did you know there is a difference between a lawyer and an attorney? Oh. Yeah, so they are used interchangeably, but there is a technical difference between them. To put it simply, all lawyer, or no, all attorneys are lawyers, but not all lawyers are attorneys. I love those logic tests. <laughs> a lawyer is a person who has learned and trained in law. He is qualified to give legal advice, although he does not necessarily practice in court. An attorney or an attorney at law, on the other hand, is a lawyer who practices in court. She's taken and passed the bar exam and hence is qualified to defend or prosecute in court. Oh. So now right. you know. Well, that's a good distinction. And now you can be an annoying person at a party who's like, excuse me, that's not an attorney, that's a lawyer. Yeah. I, do you know sharks can't swim backwards? <laughs> um, the first law school exists in 450 BC in modern-day Beirut, Lebanon. Um, and it became the location of this law school. The school taught Roman law. Uh, Roman emperors supported the school, and they specialized in studying and perfecting law and rhetoric practice. Oh. So this has been going on for a very long time, people. And my last one, I just enjoyed this fact. There is a world's biggest liar competition in, in Cumbria in England. So they have a competition, and it's about telling lies. It's a simple game. Participants have five minutes to come up with a lie in which the people have to judge which one is most believable. However, they have banned lawyers from entering the event because they're so good at lying. They're so convincing of getting their point across. I love it. I mean, it's it's what they do literally. So I mean, hopefully it's not. Hopefully they're they're trying to tell the truth, but in a very convincing way. But tell the truth from a certain perspective. There sure, that, that that's how you phrase it. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. And hey, we will catch you next time. Bye.